You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the PAX, which she said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And today we also have a fantastic special guest. I don't know how to describe her. She's one of my favorite people covering the Packers. Bailey Burmaster. Bailey, thank you so much for joining us. No, I feel like I officially made it. So thank you guys for bringing <laughs> me on because I feel like this is the pinnacle of like <laughs> the Packers beat. And now that I'm here hanging with you girls, it's like I made it. I, I did something right. This is so long overdue, I think. Like this this has needed to happen for so long. So I'm so glad that you're here. Well, I this is probably my favorite podcast. Don't tell Andy Herman that, okay? Because he'll probably come <laughs> after me. He's had me on two or three times. So, but... I have to say that I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk to you guys because I love what you guys do. And you're always supporting women in the media, sports media realm. And I think that's so important. And you guys are just so welcoming to anyone new that comes on the beat. So I thought you guys were awesome from afar. And so I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you so much. That's so nice. I know that means so much. Not nice. Take the compliment, okay? We're supposed to be flattering you as the guest. You're not supposed to just come on here and flatter us. I'm hosting now. (laughs) It is Bailey's show. (laughs) All right. So one of the things I think that we've wanted to know, and we wanted to ask you for a long time, but obviously we figured since we're going to have you on the podcast, we may as well just ask you so everybody can hear is how did you get into the sports industry? I know you played soccer at Oklahoma state, but like what kind of motivated you to, to take the role in the job that you have? So it all, it's really weird how it all started. Cause I was in high school and I played soccer, made varsity as a freshman, loved sports, but no one in my family, particularly like was a huge sports nerd or like we sat down and watched, you know, football on Sundays or anything like that. I just really enjoyed it. I actually did a lot of public speaking in high school and loved it, which is like psychotic. If we're being honest, everyone hates (laughs) it. I hated it. it. I hated it. Not most people's favorite thing to do. So I actually, my junior year was picked by our principal of our high school to not only run the the meetings with all the teachers and whatnot, but also I would go talk to individual classes about the testing that I grew up in Georgia. So whatever testing we had. Um, and I loved it. It was, it was weird. And my mom just made a comment one day, like 
you know, you're really passionate about sports and you love public speaking. Why not go into broadcasting? And I kind of was like, yeah, but the thing that solidified it, and I'll tell you guys, I'll give you like the real inside scoop of the story. <laughs> so I was part of a leadership school called ideals and it was 60 athletes in the state of Georgia were chosen by athletic directors to on Sundays come to these three hour meetings and just talk about being a better leader uh, for your team, but for your school. And every week you learn a different skill, so to speak. And one time was public speaking. And I knew a bunch of the guys through sports and they all thought it would be funny to vote me as the person who has to give the end of the year banquet speech, like just to screw me over. And so they all vote for me. I win. I have to give this speech. And I go up to Jack and I'm like, Jack, everyone voted for me as a joke, but we had to do like trial runs of public speaking. And he goes, Oh, I just like to see what they say. I actually get to choose. And I was going to choose you anyway. So I'm like, okay, of course. So fast forward to, I think it was like a month, a month and a half after I have prom. And, um, I was a good kid in high school, but, uh, prom will get the best of anyone and, um, you'll make poor decisions. And I might have gone to a party where there was alcohol involved and, um, uh, was not supposed to be there. My parents picked me up at two in the morning. I had lost my phone and (laughs) I woke up and the wrath of Brad Burmaster, my father screaming at me at eight in the morning tells me to get down in the garage and he's cleaning his car and his like stress relief is cleaning his car. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm in big trouble. (laughs) He's like, why, where were you? What did you do? Where's your phone? And I just kind of was like, I went to a party, which I was not supposed to. I was drinking. I was not supposed to lost my phone, you know, the whole 10 yards. Well, that night we go to this banquet and I'm sitting there and it's, it's been a long day. Cause you know, like when you're, your parents are like disappointed in you and they take your yes. phone and like everything away that my dad, I'm pretty sure my dad took the door off my bedroom. Like that. <laughs> and so I'm not there and Jack walks up to me and he's like, Hey Bailey, you ready to give your speech today? And I deer and headlights. And I looked at my mom and dad and my dad was just, Oh, he was, he was pissed, but he was so happy. Cause he's like, I can't wait to see you sink. He was like, I, you deserve this. And I grab, so the cloth napkins, like the nice cloth napkins, grab it, run to the bathroom, grab the Sharpie that you're supposed to use to sign in to like, so-and-so was here for this banquet. Grab that, go to the bathroom. I make like 10 bullet points of just like one word things I want to mention. I walk in and they introduce me and I go up there and I have to give a 20 minute speech. Oh my. I gave one of the best speeches of my yeah. life. And I did. I sit down from this speech and my dad looks at me and he's just, he's mad. He goes, you get that shit from me. And he goes, goes, you can pull monkeys out of your butt. And I was like, oh my God. And everyone was like, oh my God, that was so great. Like, great job. And my mom is like, it's been a long day. But like I said, I think you should really make a career out of this. (laughs) That's the story of how I was like, okay, I want to play soccer in college, but I also want to go into sports media. And it just so happened, my dad's one of seven, half went to Oklahoma, the other half went to Oklahoma State. Um, I was looking at Tulsa, OU, and OSU as my final three. Tulsa just wasn't for me. OU actually um, stood me up on my visit. They just like, wow. 
That so, thing that happens? I guess so. I didn't even know. I was really <laughs> embarrassed at the time. I was like, well, I guess I just suck at soccer. It's fine. Well, that's rude. Well, but then at Oklahoma State, I went and visited and it just felt like home. And it ended up working out because soccer was awesome. It's a great college town and the sports media program completely set me up. Um yeah completely. And I ended up taking a news job out of college in Lubbock, Texas, but the intent was to get into sports. And, um, and they had Texas tech, which you don't get when it comes to TV, like smaller markets, it's hard to have smaller markets with like good content of sports. Yeah. Um, yeah. Texas oh, yeah. Tech isn't the greatest at anything besides Patrick Mahomes. Like, okay. they get that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was like, if I can just get there and get my feet in the door, like it will happen. Well, two months in, transition to transition to sports and the rest is kind of history. I mean, it was awesome because I, I, it is really cool for me to like watch Patrick Mahomes play because he was at Texas tech when I was there covering him. And like, like he was a somebody in Lubbock, but no one knew who he was. And it was baffling because here we are reporting on him and we're like, he's good. He's a wizard. He does things that like, (laughs) I can't believe happen on the football field. Like how does he make it happen? Um, and then I got to cover his draft day. I went to Tyler, Texas with his family. His mom was awesome. His aunts were awesome. It was just an awesome experience. And then, um, was there for like another year, so to speak with, got to cover a lot of cool stuff. And I was looking and I saw the, the job in green Bay and I applied and, um, had a really good interview with Chris Roth, my sports director. And, I came down here and it just went great. And I remember leaving and before I even got on my plane, they offered me and I called my dad and I was like, I got an offer. And he was like, well, and I was like, well, I'd be dumb not to take this job. And I was exactly right because it's been everything and more from, I mean, I'm still kind of a young cat in the media world. <laughs> I think people like kind of forget that. Like I, I almost, I've, I'm only five years into this, which like could seem like a long time, but to me it's not. Um, but I've gotten so much better and I think you guys will appreciate this. I loved the college game when I came here. Like I was sad to not cover college football. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm like, I don't know if I can ever do this <laughs> and not cover an NFL team, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. like also covering the Packers. It's always juicy and drama. So <laughs> yeah. and maybe that's why I've enjoyed it so much. Cause I yeah. can sit back and be like, Ooh, let me watch. Uh, but that's the long version of kind of how I got in this, my road it's been so far. Um, but I'm really grateful that I got the opportunity in Green Bay and that I'm still here because it's been everything I wanted it to be. That's amazing. I feel like I have so many questions now. I know. It it also is like you're reading our script because I know, we because just touched we on like it. six things at once. Oh, I'm just, sorry. No, it's it's <laughs> perfect. Ask, I'm a blabber no. mouth. I'll just keep talking. So. <laughs> Please. We love that. The floor is yours. No, I mean, I, we were going to ask kind of, like you've done college now you're in the NFL like what were your kind of favorite moments that you've been able to cover sounds like Pat Mahomes is up there which I can only I mean he's now one of one right like Super Bowl Super Bowl MVP MVP of the league like that's amazing you got to see the beginning but anything since you've gotten up to Green Bay that like really sticks out um I really it's just it's it's all weird and different and like Patrick Mahomes was great not just because he became Patrick Mahomes, but I knew Patrick on a personal level too, because in college I was friends with a lot of football players and athletes and in the big 12, like you all kind of run together. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think something that's totally really cool about whether you're 
a writer or on TV is kind of growing up with the people you cover. Um, so to start in a small market where I'm covering Patrick Mahomes, to him, he goes to Kansas City, I'm in Green Bay now, and to see him flourish and just really knowing him as a person and how much, I mean, he's the most humble person I've met, which is wild because he shouldn't be. He absolutely yeah. should be. <laughs> um, so that was really cool. But other moments that stick out, I love basketball. I love March Madness. And so when I was covering Texas Tech, to be able to cover Texas Tech on their come up with Chris Beard and see them go to uh, the Elite Eight and then the following year go to the national championship game. And it was really crazy because I left uh, Lubbock right when they were going into March Madness. So I didn't get to follow them through the tournament like I would have. But on my second day here, I got to drive up to Minnesota because the turn- the, the national championship was going to be in mini like the final four. And they had credentialed me and I didn't know. And they're like, we didn't, we pulled you away and we didn't want you to like not be able to go. So I legit went up there and met my old sports. All they asked was like, Hey, turn two stories on Tony Bennett. And I was like, done. And (laughs) so I did that. And then I actually got to like hang out and cover Texas tech with my old station and help them. And it was so cool because I had made relationships with these players and they're like, wait, I thought you left. And I was like, I did, but like, I'm just back for this game. So like, it was just cool to kind of come full circle and I'm still close with those players. I think I miss, um, there's something so innocent and fragile about being media with college kids because they don't know better. Obviously they have SIDs who like protect them, but like they're still learning the ropes. And so they're really raw and honest and you're able to build more of a connection, it definitely is more guarded in the NFL. Um, With people's PR teams. (laughs) Exactly. But also, like, you know, especially in today's climate, it's like media is the devil. (laughs) I'm quoting Waterboy there. Uh, (laughs) Women are the devil. Uh, No, media is the devil. Um, So it's sticky, but it's also a challenge of, like, trying to prove that, like, you're a credible reporter who's there trying to do their job and not just like get the next clickbait or the story. Right. Um, so that's been like a, a different challenge, but I mean, I got to go to the college world series. That was awesome. I got to interview Garth Brooks, which I'm big Oklahoma, <laughs> State fan. He's a Oklahoma state. So that was like wild to do in my first year in the industry. Um, I've just been really grateful to be a part of a lot of different things that have made me a better reporter, um, and just kind of expand all my horizons. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I don't take it for granted. That's amazing. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I have to ask you the completely like Homer question now of, so you told us like how you got to Green Bay, but mm-hmm. you know, when we interviewed Rachel Hotmeyer, it was, she'd never really been to Wisconsin, didn't know much about it. She was saving her first brat for a Lambo tailgate, hadn't had an old fashioned. So I have to ask you as the, you know, true blood Wisconsinite, have you done the Wisconsin things like cheese, beer, curds, old fashions, beer? Oh yeah. All of okay. it. I had my first brat at a Packers game. Love that. Oh my God. That's like my dream. (laughs) I nearly threw up on myself. That thing was nasty. (laughs) No, plot twist, plot twist, plot twist, plot twist. I know people are going to, everyone's going to come for me. I can handle it. I'm okay. Um, but I had I had the brat, and granted, I've heard like they're not the greatest brat you've ever had, right? My dad loves brats. 
I'm more of a hot dog girl. Like, give me That's a fair. foot long at a baseball game or a football game. And I I mean, I literally think I gained like 20 pounds my freshman year because at every Oklahoma State football game, I was eating a foot long hot dog. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I don't like brats. I don't drink beer. Oh, Bailey. I know. This, this I was going so well. This, I, this. Thought, <laughs> I thought I was going to grow out of it, to be completely honest, but I didn't. And now all I drink is vodka and gin. Love me some gin. Oh, I love gin. Okay, right? we're, we're back. You brought it back. Okay, good. Okay. But <laughs> so here's the funny part. Love cheese. Love cheese. Okay. But lactose intolerant. Same, but I still eat it. Yep. Like you just, you deal with the consequences. At Whatever. the end of the day. I like, get into what those consequences are, but you deal with it. <laughs> at the end of the day, like life with cheese is better than life without cheese. And I just have to handle that. <laughs> So when you guys had Rachel and we talked about this, cause she hadn't tried like the actual cheese curds that like you buy at the grocery store and you like lay them out and they're like squeaky. I haven't, have either, squeaky. but what we want to do is go buy some and like make a YouTube video out of it of actually trying. Please do. You should. <laughs> they have to squeak. They you will have, have two squeak. viewers and it will be me and Maggie, but we will support <laughs> you in the entire endeavor. But yeah, so I'm kind of a bad Zani, to be honest. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm a Texas girl at heart. I love Topo Chico. I love my breakfast tacos. And who doesn't love breakfast tacos? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. How do you like your steak, Bailey? Um, Oh, no. (laughs) So I have a really weird stomach. If I could eat it medium rare or medium, I would. Okay. But I have to eat medium well. Otherwise, I will hurl everywhere. I don't know That's why. Fair. It's so sad because yeah. it smells so much juicy and it's flavorful. But yeah, I'm a medium well girl. That's okay. No, I just I just effed this interview. I was doing so good. It's so fine. Good. We can bring it back. We yeah, can we'll bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up. Um, no, but, okay, so we did the Wisconsin things. But like, let's talk about covering the team because you like you said you're you're a southern girl you went to osu you went to lubbock and then all of a sudden you're up in wisconsin which is cold from what i understand and you're covering not college anymore you're covering nfl so like what was that jump like i'm a big believer when it comes to this industry at least for me that you were going to grow so much as a person if you get uncomfortable yeah and like it sucks to be uncomfortable but it's just a part of life. And I thankfully, when I, before I was like 13, my family had moved like eight times. So it doesn't bother me to move. I knew nothing about Wisconsin though. I knew it was cold. Everyone's like, Oh my God, <laughs> snow. and I'm like, okay, but have you ever been in the middle of a haboob while shooting high school football? Like, do you guys know what a haboob is? No, no, absolutely not. Okay. Have you ever watched the mummy? Yes. Okay. You know, like the sandstorm that comes through and you can't see anything. <laughs> That's a haboob basically. And that, that wow. would happen in Lubbock all the time. Um, <laughs> so I got here and like didn't have like very high expectations. I was just like, you know what? Like m- my dad has a quote that I live by. No place is as good or as bad as you think it is. Um, and it's going to be what you make it. So that was my attitude coming in. Um, seeing Lambo for the first time was dope. It is magical. It is. It's so weird because it's literally like in the middle of a neighborhood. Yeah. People who have never like been here or seen it, like you're just driving and then it's like Lambo. Yeah. Um, and it's awesome. It's beautiful. Um, it sucks because I feel like when it's not a COVID year, you're going in there, it kind of loses its luster in a way of just like just another day of walking in, walking out, going to the locker room, walking out. Um, but then you go to a game day and you're like, wait, 
<laughs> this is mad. Like my first snow globe game was magic. Oh my God. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is what I came here for. It was beautiful. Yeah. Um, so the job has been everything I've wanted it to be covering an NFL team. I don't feel like it's that different than covering a college team. You're essentially doing the same things. Um, but yeah, they're grown men now and you're in the locker room and, um, it is more strategic, so to speak, when you're in there and covering the team and da- daily business is just a little different with how, you know, obviously the fan, you guys know best, the fan base knows what's going on. They yeah. want the in-depth stuff. They don't want the, oh, yeah. there's the cookie cutter. Oh, Aaron Rodgers had three touchdowns and so many yards in this game. No, they want like X's and O's, um, which was a great challenge for me. I mean, it's, it was intimidating because the fans know what they're doing. So you need to know your stuff. I mean, I probably had a stack of note cards this thick on just the history of everything. So I knew, um, and usually I'm the one, I'm like one of those people that once I get a year under my belt, I feel like I have a grasp of everything. And I felt like I definitely felt that, in the second year, even despite COVID happening, but um, it's been a lot of fun and it's been totally different than the college game, but also similar. And um, game days are just, I mean, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's like that everywhere, but because you get to go to green Bay and in Lambeau um, just has a different feel. I've been told it's like the Mecca of football. I totally yeah. cried. Absolutely cried. Um, okay. But wait, going to too. Question time for Bailey. Maggie, okay. you got married at Lambeau. I can't I remember did. where I saw this picture on your Twitter page, maybe. And I need to, like, I need to hear everything about this. <laughs> All right. It's an amazing story. Yeah, that's fair. So um, my husband uh, proposed to me at Disney World, which is, like, I, I don't know. He's just cute and sweet. And he's, like, a little Disney character already. But so we got engaged at Disney World. And he said, like, where do you want to get married? And I found out that you could get married at Lambo, and I was like, absolutely there, nowhere else. Like, let's just, you know, at, to me, it was like yes. court, courthouse, like whatever. If it's not Lambo, I don't care anymore yeah. now that I know that this is a thing. Not as expensive as you would expect it to be because okay. that was the first thing he asked. <laughs> it was like, it, he was like, if we can afford it, totally, let's do it. Uh, so, so we, yeah, yeah. So we got married um, on the basically under the scoreboard is how I describe it. It's called the North Loft, which you probably know as mm-hmm. like in the media, but it's like yeah. the flat top over. Yeah, here. where you can see like the whole stadium. Mm-hmm. So we got married there in March of 2019. And Mark's favorite story is they asked us what they were supposed to do if it snowed. And I was like, well, can we be outside? And they were like, yeah, but your guests, like, you know, we, we can bring we it inside. And I was like, it's the frozen tundra. If they get snowed on, like, that's that's Lambo. They'll be fine. Got like a 50 degree day. Perfect. Sunny, you know, gorgeous, whatever. But yeah, so we did that. And then everybody came down to the, like the third floor club level and we had brats and we tailgated inside Lambo. And then we had a party until midnight. That's awesome. My dad told me if I ever decide to get married, which is very on the fence at the moment. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He was like, you know, I'll just give you the money if you just get married out of Hooters. And I was like, done, done. <laughs> Don't say it again. Done. Love me some Hooters wings. Let's go. Everyone else can have that. Like, I absolutely love that. That's great. Oh my God, that's God. awesome. I, I, the pictures were beautiful from what I saw. Sorry. I totally stayed there and just took it over. No, we love this story. We can yeah. tell the story. <laughs> we yeah. stand Maggie and 
you say your husband's Mark? Yeah. Okay, Mark. We stand Maggie and Mark. Oh. Yeah. I just, I needed to be known that while we were recording this episode, literally, that's why I muted my mic, Bojack ripped a hole, destroyed Mark's shoe. So needed to be in the recording. Mark, I'm so sorry. I'll buy you new shoes. But now we can just, we can move right along to, uh, I, mean, I, I want to know like what your favorite, like Green Bay game has been like, or what like yeah. how team, like a moment. Cause you now, so this is your, this just finished your second season. I, my two, what are two first, seasons you've had? Yeah, what a, That's I would, I would just like it to be on tape right now that I come to green Bay, the Packers make it to back to back NFC championships. I know they lost, but like, Push them over the edge. So you're, yeah, you're either the problem or you're the. <laughs> <savior>. <laughs> okay, okay, negative, negative Maddie, Maggie over there. Okay, come on now. You've been um, able to cover the Lafleur era, basically. You've been here yeah. since the beginning of the Lafleur era. I did not know what I was getting into, and I figured it out quickly because I got here, and immediately the storyline was like, Aaron Rodgers and Lafleur don't get along, and you're like, wait, what? Like he's been here like a month. And they haven't even played a season. I was perplexed by all of that. That like because Mike Marthy, Mike McCarthy, I cannot speak today. And Rogers didn't get along. Then now he wasn't gonna get along with the floor. And I'm like, okay, no, this is just like basic people stuff. Like just because one relationship doesn't work out, it's two different people, it makes it a complete different or one a different person making it a complete different dynamic and relationship. Right. But that's just kind of like the history of covering the Packers and the history repeating itself of everything that's yeah. happened in the last couple years. Yeah. Um, favorite game though, is what you asked me. And the first one that came to mind was in 2019, the NFC divisional playoff against Seattle and it snowed. Great game. Um, mostly because it was like first taste of like playoffs, NFL cool. I was at the game witnessed it it was a good game the Packers dominated Devontae Adams went off and then I go outside to do my live shot on the field and it's snowing like not just snowing no like snowballs just coming through <laughs> the lens and I killed it and I loved it and it was like freezing but I was just like thriving and I just remember being so happy and being like okay this is this is why I came here yeah um so that was a lot of fun. Going back to Dallas in 2019 was cool just because I'm a Texas girl. So to go back to uh, Jerry Jerry's world and be there and Aaron Jones went off. Yes. Was that um, the four touchdown game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rodgers always has a history at that stadium of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So those are, just, those are just a few that stick out. I will say it was funny because the Tennessee Titans game was crazy this year, too. Mostly just because we didn't get to go to as many games and like we had to switch off because we usually have two press box seats, but not anymore because of COVID. So there was just an extra like added gratefulness going into this season to just be able and like, go do your job, but actually enjoy it. And like, we didn't get to go out on the field, but then coming back out and like reporting. I mean, my philosophy too is like, it's fun to report when your team's winning. Yeah, my team, but like the team you're covering is winning. Yeah, um, we're we're not biased here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that always helps, obviously. And I've been grateful to be here two years where the Packers have been thirteen and three in the regular season and gone into the playoffs. So right. for sure. 
well, she's leading us right into where we were going to go, Maggie. I mean, this is just like, you can't script, you can't script this. It's better. like, she's really good at public speaking or something. Yeah. She's just like, <laughs> <laughs> but we were really like, we, we want, so you did one year regular, no pandemic. And then you did 2020 pandemic covering the team. Just like, how did that impact you mentally, your job day to day, the way you view the game, just anything like how, what was it like? Uh, so mentally for me, um, I love being alone. <laughs> Same. I am really good at being alone <laughs> and not being bothered by other people. So when the pandemic hit and it was like, I have to work from home. So working from home during the draft, a little bit after the draft, like getting interviews together and whatnot, I didn't mind it. Um, and then come training camp, it was like, what's going to happen? Not, none of us knew. Yeah what it was going to look like and how it was going to change our every day. And it definitely changed because since we weren't part of the media group that was getting tested every day, um, we couldn't do certain things. However, almost worked out in our advantage because with no fans at training camp, we were in the stands and we were shooting and we had like X's we had to stand on, which was really nice because now you have a place where you can shoot and sit. And now you're not on the, you know, the, turf area where you're it's like 115 and you're sweating your butt off um so it was it was nice and like to be able to sit and actually like dissect training camp until they were like oh no you can't tweet about this and I'm like cool let me just tweet about the music they're playing then so (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) it was kind of like it was just rolling with the punches and then it was like okay well what is game day gonna look like Mm-hmm. And we were only going to get one seat, which was different. So now we're having to coordinate within our office of who gets to go to what game yeah. um, and who wants to work this game or this. And are we going to go on the road? And it was, I remember going to Minnesota for the opener. It was weird. No fans was so weird. Like In an indoor stadium. I can't imagine. Also. You, can't, yeah. you can't even yeah. describe it to anyone it was just strange. It was like, wait, is this actually the season? Um, so being there was cool, but also very weird. But then it was like, that was when COVID was like kind of dipping before it went back up. Yeah. Right. So that changed everything. And we had different protocols for our company, which it was different for everyone. I knew there were people who couldn't do any traveling. I knew there were people that if they left the market, so Green Bay, Green Bay, Appleton area, like they had to be quarantined. Um, so I got to go to Minnesota and then I think we got to go to Chicago too. Um, It was just interesting to see how all these stadiums were handling it with just, you had to wear a mask and um, getting your temperature taken and signing forms. Um, Besides that, it didn't change a whole lot, but it was definitely something to take in perspective. And as media members, obviously it changes interaction. There's no locker room. There's no, you know, conversations happening off camera where you can get to know someone and build, you know, repertoire or relationship. And um, so it was very weird. Um, It was great to be able to just keep doing, like just grateful to have a job and do what we love during this season, but definitely ready for it to get back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think your perspective a lot though. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that kind of ties into like, you talked about obviously covering Pat Mahomes. We found out that the 17th game is against the Kansas City Chiefs and it will be in Kansas City. So I guess kind of your thoughts on like what the 17th game means for the NFL, what it means for Packers fans, knowing that eventually they're going to have to give up a game to play overseas. Mm-hmm. And 
your thoughts, maybe I guess even I'm returning to see Patrick Mahomes. Um, the 17th game, I guess it just kind of depends which side you want to side with, uh, for fans, you know, media deals and money wise, it's great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You want all the football, you want all the money. It's going to help. But I think from a player perspective, it's okay. So another week now, another, you never know when injuries are going to hit, um, timing of everything. Um, unfortunately that's just part of the game too, of rolling with the punches. So, um, for me personally, from my perspective, if I have to choose, I'm excited about it because I do get to go to Kansas city this year. Um, and I'm stoked about that because I do finally get to see Patrick Mahomes in person. I didn't get to go to Kansas city in 2019 when they went, um, cause it was a late night game. So someone had to be back and I was, I, I don't have a lot of sports memorabilia, uh, at my house, let alone on my desk, but I have two random things of sports stuff on my desk. One of them is a Dana Holgerson cutout head just because when he was in the big 12, he loved Red Bull and was like super hype, whatever. It was weird. It was at my <laughs> and I just brought it to green Bay with me. But the other one is a Patrick Mahomes bobblehead. And not because I'm a huge Kansas city chiefs fan, but covering Patrick Mahomes, seeing him go on to do what he did. And then now this year going to be able to see him in Kansas city is just kind of like a full circle moment for me, which I think will be pretty cool. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's it. Obviously we're talking about a very, very granular scale compared to Patrick Mahomes, but I've only been privileged to talk to one Packers player and he's such a good friend of mine now. And I follow his career wherever he goes. It's Justin McCray, an offensive lineman. And he just signed with the Texans. And it's like, I have his Jersey. He signed it for me and it's just in my basement. And you know, it's, it's not Patrick Mahomes, but you just care so much about the people that you get the privilege of like building relationships with. It's funny you bring that up. I have a Justin McCray story. And so he went to UCF Mm -hmm. and one of my best friends from high school played volleyball at UCF. And at the time when I was getting ready to move here, she was working for the Wisconsin athletic department. And so I texted her to be like, Hey, like what's Wisconsin? Like, do you know anyone in green Bay? And she's like, Oh, one of my boys plays for the Packers. Like I'll ask him like what he thinks of green Bay and I'll screenshot what he says. Me not knowing who Justin McRae was at the time. Okay. (laughs) And so she like didn't cut his, she like cut his name out, but the long text was basically like, Honestly, Green Bay reminds me a lot of college town. It's small. It's not that busy, but during football, it's hype and it's something special. The people are great. There's not a lot of food options, but Appleton isn't far. So you can always like go there. But like, if you find your people in Green Bay, like this, whoever this is, will be fine. And it was funny because when I got in the locker room, I went up to him. I was like, you don't know me, but Delana Sarden texted you to ask about Green Bay and I was the friend she was asking for. He's like, oh, no way. So you came. Awesome. And I was like, yeah, thanks for your advice. Like, it was kind of just like a weird moment. But he was someone in the locker room who was always so nice and just forthcoming and, like, friendly. And, I mean, the reality is you don't always get that. Yeah. I don't experience anyone mean. But um, I do have a couple friends who are in the NFL or spent time in the NFL. And I hear stories that, uh, yeah, are just very interesting, to say the mm-hmm. least. <laughs> I love that. It sounds like his message was pretty spot on too. Spot on a plus for Justin McRae and his review (laughs) because it helped me and I came here and I would give the same review. 
So, so this is, we have one more question, but this is a little bit of an aside because we talked about this maybe like a, a tidbit pre-show, but obviously not to get you in trouble with Packers fans, however long you decide to stay and cover the Packers, we are more than happy to have you love the work that you do. But is there like an upper echelon of like, this is my dream job covering sports? Because I think for me and Perry, it would be the Packers. And knowing that you didn't grow up a Packer fan, you know, is there like a team or a stadium that you just want to do your job in? So I will set the record straight of who I am a fan of in the NFL. Okay. And that is no one. My (laughs) family is a die, like diehard Cowboys fans, but I never got on the bandwagon because I'm not a Tony Tony Romo fan. And that's like, I was growing up and I just... He wasn't like the quarterback. I was like, yes, he's the end all be all. And I'm a Cowboys fan. Like I'm ready to die on this train. Um, just not the case, but I do become fan, a fan of certain players. And my first taste of the NFL, so to speak, was I was in eighth grade and my best friend, Corey Hayward at the time, his brother, Cam Hayward, who played at Ohio state was getting drafted and they invited me to his draft party Wow. And I just remember like not having any idea what was going on. I was like, Oh, free, like tuna rolls or whatever. Like you're just (laughs) free food and drinks. And then like going in the basement and like ESPN was there and you're like, Oh, this is a big deal. So then I was like, I remember he was on the couch and they had some chairs and I was standing on a chair in the back and I was zoned in from the minute the draft started. And I think that's probably like maybe where my love for sports, because I just thought it was so cool. And his, his family story is like really touching and it was my first taste of the NFL, but like even more so that Hay- the Hayward family is one of the best families I've ever, ever encountered in my life. Like I get emotional talking about it because they're just such good people. And so to be able to experience that, I was like, I'm a Steelers fan. Yeah. But like, yeah. Wasn't really a Steelers fan. I was like a Cam Hayward fan. Yeah. And then going into high school, I met one of my best friends, Gia Horn. Her dad is Joe Horn. Wow. And her brother's JC Horn. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> so I'm a little biased on, you know, people they may should maybe should take. Um, and she was an even better person. Like she was, I, me and her and her younger brother, Joe Horn Jr., I would pick them up for school and we would go to school and Joe Horn Jr. would always be late getting in my car. And I would just be laying on my horn at like 6.50 in the morning. Like, we're going to be late. We're going to be late. Um, And my dad actually worked in Louisiana at the time. So I was a Saints fan. Um, So as I got older, I was kind of like, okay, I'm not a bandwagon fan anywhere. I just become a fan of players. So like Patrick Mahomes would be that because I covered him. Um, so I don't necessarily have a, a a team, which makes it not hard for me to like choose a, a dream job. Yeah. Um, the realistic of where I want to be one day is I would love to be on network doing it all. I don't mm-hmm. want to be just a sideline reporter. I want to be an analyst. I want to be an anchor. Um, I do um, color for women's soccer in the Big Twelve, and I love that. So being you know being love able that. to color is awesome. That's so I really really want to do all of it. I don't want to, I think you have to in today's industry, because if you do just one thing, it's not good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, now if you ask me what, like my very lofty, lofty, like crazy goals is I want to have my own show on HBO where me and athletes just like shoot the shit, but more importantly, like talk about real stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. like 
I like, what makes you tick? Like what's your damage? Like what's happened to you that's changed the course of your life? Um, because I think that's so humanizing and we've all have those stories, but we just never talk to them and talk about it because vulnerability is weakness and it's actually quite the opposite. Vulnerability is strength. Um, and I want to be able to cuss as much as I want doing it. So HBO, would be so HBO to- needs to pick it up. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I don't know. I I'll go anywhere, honestly, as long as the job is what I want to do, which is co- cover professional sports live on the road. And um, I feel like it's just going to make me a better reporter. So would you be pumped if the Packers drafted JC Horn? Um, yes. Call <laughs> up Gia and her mom and be like, Hey, um, give me that exclusive interview. Yeah. Um, they, I, that family, I actually went to in 2019, one of the preseason games was in Baltimore and Gia wasn't there, but her mom was. And I met up with her mom and I actually got to see Joe Horn Jr. On the field after I was like, do you remember me? He goes, yeah, you used to drive me to school and honk at me. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's been so long. Cause I moved, I moved out of Georgia when I was a senior in high school and, I haven't seen them since, but G and I still text all the time and say happy birthday. And so I would be pumped if they take, they took uh JC. Cause I think, I think he's a freak athlete. I would also be pumped if they took uh Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma state. Cause I am a, I am biased about OSU. So not the I, Ohio state. Oklahoma. As you're allowed to be, as, <laughs> as you're allowed to be for sure. Yeah. And, and this is perfect. This is our last, this is a good wrap up. So we talked about this pre-show, obviously. We met you, met you in quotes, officially for the first time at the Cheesehead TV draft watch party last mm-hmm. year. So any quick thoughts, overwhelming thoughts that you have about the Packers draft, who you think they're taking, maybe what position you think it'll be, and just kind of what the draft will look like this year now that it's in Cleveland and not virtually in Roger Goodell's basement. Yeah, I think they're going to take all receivers in this one. Sounds right. That <laughs> wrap it up. Wrap Man, it up. We're, we're done. Love that, Bailey. <laughs> no, I was okay. Okay, let me just set the record straight. I will own when I am wrong, and I and some fans will disagree with this, and it's okay. I can take the heat. Y'all come for me, like you ain't gonna bother. Don't come me. for Bailey. Don't come for Bailey. I was one of the people who, like, in our pre-draft show, was like, I think the Packers should take a receiver, and they proved me wrong. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like. No, don't take a receiver. And I learned my lesson of not saying, oh, the Packers are going to do this in the first round or this. Like, I'm just not going to say anything this time. But I do think whatever avenue they go, it's going to be telling of whether they are buying into this year as a, okay, this is it. Or if they're going to play into the future. And it's kind of funny because when you think about Packers and draft history, the Packers build for the future. Yep. The Packers do what the Packers do, and it has worked. So why would you necessarily deviate from that? Um, but with the offseason speculation that has been Aaron Rodgers' contract, if I have to say it one more time, I'm going to drink <laughs> myself under a table with the vodka I left out before I poured for this <laughs> podcast. Um but I mean, it is what it is. Right. So I think it's going to be very telling. It doesn't, at the end of the day, I'm, it's not really me for me. I'm not focused on who they're going to take. Although I would like them to take Tevin Jenkins or JC Horn. <laughs> um, it's more so of, it's going to be telling of, are we staying building for the future or are we going for it now? Yeah. 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 hundred yeah. percent. I think we, we agree that there, there's always signs 
in that. Um, do you know, do you draft for current needs? Do you draft for future needs? Is this player going to contribute now or are they developmental? You know, what is, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. I'm a little nervous. I think the 2020 draft threw everybody for a loop, but now I'm just like, I don't know what Goot is going to (laughs) do. I think like everyone had PTSD from like Rogers Favre and now they're like, oh no, is it happening again? And I just remember being like, I'm new here. What? like oh my god is this happening like I'm sorry for you and I also don't know how to react right now yeah. Um, but yeah so I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be fun I will say that I will be interested to see if they move I could see it happening I think Goody always kind of moves a bit so yeah for sure uh, that's that's all that's all I'm saying like I'm not gonna be like oh they're gonna take a offensive lineman in the first round because then I'm just gonna shoot myself in the foot and the Packers will do the complete opposite and then people will come <laughs> to me and be like oh but you said receiver yeah it's like you've done this before <laughs> <laughs> Bailey you have Packers fans pe- like pegged perfectly like you know exactly the way that they tick and the way that they think and what to I love them. them. But I'm like the honest aunt that's like, yo, okay, come on. Like, I think I tweeted something that was like, everyone was mad they signed Aaron Jones. And I was like, okay, but you want a weapon. Like, you want a receiver. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Jones literally does everything. Yeah. All right. So this is great, Bailey. If Packers fans want to attack you on Twitter, please <laughs> tell them how they can find all of your work. At Bayburn TV, B-A-Y-B-U-R-M-T-V. Um, yeah, you can totally hit my comments and just roast me. I can handle it. And I will probably come even harder at you. I'm kind of, uh, she's kind of a big deal. She kind I'm, of, no, not a big deal. I'm just kind of a sarcastic a-hole on social media. I've been told I'm edgy and sarcastic. So just know what to expect, I guess is what, I, is what I'm saying. Perry, where can people leave comments on all your work? You can comment, but I never respond. It's true. She doesn't. Absolutely never. I don't. Yeah, Bailey. So here's my thing is that I still enjoy Twitter and people always ask me why. And I'm like, it's because I don't read my mentions. Never. Never. Never reads her mentions ever. If if I follow you back and I get the notification that you commented on something, then I see it. But I just don't read my mentions. So to everybody out there who's saying nice things, thank you so much. It's really the others that ruin it for me. So I actually like the mean comments. I feel like they humble me. And I'm like, okay, there are people with different views. Now, it's the people who like verbally attack me where I'm like, "Mm -mm, not today, not today. You are a Cheeto-eating individual who's probably 40 in their mother's basement. And we're not taking it today. we're, We're not doing it. We're, we're not doing it. Um, yes. We'll come for you if, yeah. if that's the case. You can tell me you disagree or you don't like yeah. what I said about XYZ. That's okay. But when it's like, you look pregnant on TV. Well, you know what? No, that's just the pizza I ate tonight. It will be gone <laughs> by tomorrow, okay? Just give me some time to digest it a bit, okay? I'm lactose intolerant. Give me yeah, a minute. Yeah, what do you expect? I'm going to boil a little bit when I eat some cheese, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, but to answer your question, Maggie, um, everyone can find me at Perry underscore Goldstein. Uh, you can, yeah, I'll, 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 everything's there. And uh, follow the podcast at PWSS Podcast on Twitter as well. 
Yeah, and you can find my work at Maggie J. Loney. I write for Chisa TV. Uh, Perry and myself both are with the Pack-A-Day podcast crew. They're doing draft coverage. Make sure you pick up a copy of the Chisa TV draft guide. And if you would like to follow the edgy and sarcastic Bailey Burmaster, we appreciate her coming on the show. She is absolutely one of our favorite people in the Packer sphere. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening to the podcast. Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! And Jones out in front. They're trying to chase him down. He's 